0: Happy eating to everybody. I hope everybody's still having a great time. So no, 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 I thought, I mean, now that we're, we're all familiar with one another and it's very informal, I thought it might be a good opportune time maybe to have a larger discussion together for those of us that remain, if you're into it, and we could do some Q&A, and, or Q&R, right, is better question and response, and we could do a Q&R that is not solely based off me and y'all, but with everybody in the team involved, and we could just have a question, response, maybe some testimony and insight on how to steward a life of freedom. Maybe we could do that for the next half hour, 45 minutes, then we'll just probably have to pack up. Does that sound as like an amenable sort of yeah, Jayla, you think that's okay? Question, thoughts, anything from this week? Somebody? I mean, don't, I know, we were having good conversations, so I know there's something. I'll something. Yes, Brother Casey. Thank you. Can you you think you could do a mic? Is that all right? Yeah, there you go. I could do a mic. Hey I could do a mic. Come on. Come on.
1: No, I today's sermon I I really found more insightful than um, pretty much all of seminary. <laughs> like hearing hearing like the gospel type. So granted I'm not the best student in the world and I want to We were not the best students. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I just think that there was a lot of connections there that I think are parsed out in different ways. Um, and it loses some of its power, I guess. So, yeah. you know, I just really
0: appreciate it. Praise the Lord, man. Yeah. Thank you for the affirmation. Gospel's good. Did want to say something mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to help dad out. He's just trying to help dad out. Anybody up? Get this ball rolling like a little town meeting. I was talking with my friends,
2: Grant and Christine, married couple. Been friends with Grant for a super long time. And uh, where do you guys live? Arvada. So please hang out with them. They're really cool. Uh, w- one thing that we were just enjoying conversation over is doing life together and how sometimes that can be complicated. Um, I'm not married, so I'm just, you know... In theory, I can I get it, but <clears throat> um, one of the interesting things that just literally just came up before you started talking was, uh, I think. You're the day. You for
0: miracle. They're 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 so they're they're uh they're dialoguing. The
2: miracle of uh, the miracle of a uh, love and affection. They ask God for this in the morning. I think it's really nice, really interesting. I was starting to process how it seems to me that in Adam 2, then um, those qualities will be innate or it's interesting to think about them as being innate, having the mind of Christ. So that's what I want to wonder about is, you know, whether to think about giving me something I don't have for the day Uh or understanding that I have the thing. As innate, and now what to do if I function from either of those two?
0: Zach, did you hear that? You heard what he's saying? <clears throat> he says, in the morning, in relationship, like whether these features of Adam 2, are they innate? Was that?
2: Right, so on, in one, on one hand, you have give me this thing I don't have, let me live so I can have it and then live it out. Versus, because I'm in Christ or I have the mind of Christ, I have this thing now. Let me live it out. Yeah. What's the difference? And what it seems. What's
0: the difference? Does that make sense? Did you hear that? What's the difference between actually asking for the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus? So, if you think about the fruit of the spirit or the features of love, right? Fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, or uh, the. Marks of love, irrit- you know, not irritable, all those things. What's the difference between asking for them and actually knowing that you have them and receiving them? Yes? Right? And how does that play out? Yeah, you hear that? There you go.
1: Yeah, I think um, the key difference is knowing that everything that we actually need to love is already within us because we've become one, we've been joined to the Holy Spirit, right? The very source of love. Joy, peace, patience—all these things. So it's not like we wake up in a, a place of we lost it, or like in a place of lacking it. But it's like everything that we actually need is already there through the the oneness that we have with the Spirit now, alive in us. So I think that's something that that God taught me um, was like everything that you ha- everything that you need to love is already within you. And so it's just that that line, that mindset of. Um, positioning myself as if i don't have these things or i need to work towards it but it was already given to me as a gift like it's fruit that lives through us the the fruit of the spirit it's all just lavished so like in the morning it's it's less of me claiming it or asking it to get it but more of me resting in the fact that it's already mine and reminding myself in that so it just positions myself to walk in it already
0: all right so here's a question then so how do you get to that place where you're resting in it i think i
1: think for me it's been huge and i think god has still been teaching me this but the fact that so i used to really try to um speak it over myself and in a way that kind of became like a, i'm speaking this so it's true but i've actually found a lot of rest knowing that there's actually no amount of me speaking it that can make it more true like the fact is that he spoke it and that's the truth and so it's less of me like, I gotta say this so I can claim it and so I can walk it in and so I just know it. But actually, the rest comes with the fact that he already spoke it. And so it's actually just intimately knowing him in that moment of like, there's nothing I could say to make it even more true, you know? Like, I could even like, say it in the most
0: eloquent way,
1: like, and that wouldn't make it any more true because it was his word that actually is the, the substance of it in my life. So
0: if you, go to, if you have your Bibles with you, you go to Colossians 2. This is a good place to actually know why we can speak this way. Colossians 2. If you go to Colossians 2, uh, verse 9, is it? If somebody has it, you just read it out loud. You can, your camera pulls it up, man. Yeah. Colossians 2. Because it's, it's, it is this idea. Thank you, Flo. It is this idea of how how to put it on, yeah? Hmm. Talk a little bit about this, but Colossians two. I like your boots. Yeah, those are cool. <laughs> Colossians two, and you see verse uh, nine. For in Him, the fu- the fullness of what of deity dwells in Him bodily, right? So in His body, what is? Because again, you gotta remember this is these some of the things you gotta think through, like. Jesus in his body is still very much in a human body. Isn't that wild? Like Your name, my friend? Grant? Grant? So, Grant, Jesus is in a body that's very much like yours in the sense that it's a human body, it's material. It's very distinct from yours because now it's a spirit body, right? But there's an analog there. There's a likeness, right? What he is is what you will be. But as he is, so, are you right now? And since Jesus has the fullness of deity dwelling within him bodily, guess what that means for us, who, as Zach is saying, are connected to him in oneness through the Spirit? What's the very next verse? And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So, to actually believe that and rest in that, that, um, the fullness of deity that is full of the fruit of the spirit that is full of love that he is full of that then i have that fullness because i've been filled in him so that and this is wild any idea that you don't have that which he says is yours is contrary to his revelation any idea where you say you don't have that which he says is yours is contrary to the revelation do you know how i know that Because the Bible says you've been filled in Him, and how much is full, right? I'm real deep. I'm a real deep thinker, y'all. How much is full, right? How many blessings has He given us in Christ Jesus? Casey, I love you. Great to see you, brother. All the best. Bye, bye, guys. Um, right? Like, how many blessings are ours? in jesus name all of them according to ephesians i mean do you remember growing up i don't know do y'all remember like standing on the promises of god you all remember that song all Right. This, this is literally what we're standing firm in the promises because they're true like zach said because he spoke them so yeah we speak them over our lives but even better yet i'm in full agreement with zach when we just live our lives from the rest that they're true and this is the place where it's like pr- test god Test God according to his goodness, right? Like, don't test him to prove himself according to what you want, but test him in like, all right, you said this, I'm going for it. You understand? Like, you said this, I'm going for it. Don't test God in the sense of like, oh, I need you to do this to prove your goodness. We don't test God in order for him to prove his goodness. Like, we fall headlong into his goodness because we believe him. So like, in that way, like, go for it. Go for it. He's as good as advertised, even better. Okay. Right. And uh, just public service announcement: That's my friend Zach Owen. Right. My whole uh, Twitter feed is dedicated to reposting him. So, <laughs> him and Tyler Morrison. Just retweet them too. So, no, it's really true. Yeah. Shannon. Oh, you have the mic. Just so. You gonna... to Nicholas? Thank you.
3: You referenced the verse about. Every spiritual blessing being given to us. But I'm I'm still trying to get my head around what what does that mean? What are the spiritual blessings that it is? Because he doesn't, he's not specific.
0: I know, it's it's provocative.
3: I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. What what blessing? Is it the spiritual? Is it the gift of the spirit? You know, like, I'm just curious what people's thoughts are. Gets
0: the people going. Well, let's go to Ephesians. Rich is just mad that he didn't get to make that joke. All right, so Ephesians 1, this is a a good place, right? Oh, I'm in Philippians. Ephesians 1. So I'm just going to do some spot, like spot picking, right? Look at verse 11, Ephesians 1 verse 11. This is on page 568. And this is just a smattering of the blessings among so many. But look. Ephesians 1 verse 11 on page 568. Now I'm going to go back up and down. In him we have obtained an inheritance. right? So that's one of the blessings that we've obtained an inheritance. And he says it in other places. He's like, you know that it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Think about that. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So there's a blessing. like You receive the kingdom. Well, what's the kingdom? The kingdom comes along with all the virtues of the kingdom, love, joy, peace, right? The fruit of the spirit. All those blessings are ours. Look at another example. Um, Look at verse 7. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. That's another blessing. That through his blood we have been redeemed. What does that mean? That we have been purchased back. We have been purchased back. For instance, does anybody remember buying soda as a younger person, maybe some of y'all here who are more seasoned at life, and you got it in a glass bottle? Anybody? I don't know. How long ago did they stop doing that in America? A long, long time ago, Bob? I'm from Dominican Republic. When I was a kid, we redeemed bottles. So the street I lived on, the street that my family home is on, there's a corner store, right? Una bodega. It's just up at the corner, right? And you would go up to the corner store, and you would get five cans of Sprite, not cans, five bottles of Sprite. And I would get the five bottles of Sprite and I would take them down to my house and I'd, like, I'd have them like in a little carrying case. I'd go down there and my auntie, she would distribute all of them for the whole family, you know, because it was it's made with real cane sugar. So it's a lot better. right? And we have our Sprite. You know what we would do with the bottles? It would be then after they're empty, Jonathan, go take them back. Right, and I take them empty, and the shopkeeper would redeem them because he's the one purchasing them back. Right? And I would get paid my nickel or whatever it was, wasn't a nickel, some pesos. Right. I would get back. So the shopkeeper is purchasing back that which was his in the first place, because he actually gets the glass bottles from the Coca-Cola bottling company. And so he purchases these glass bottles for his inventory of Sprite. And when the Coca-Cola bottling company comes, they fill up his Sprite and he sells, because what he's selling is the content in the bottle, not the bottle itself. He's hoping to get the bottle back so that in the bottle there's more Sprite that he can give out. And the bottle gets redeemed. He's constantly purchasing it back. But it began as his to begin with. You with me? In Christ, we have been redeemed. We have been bought back although we were his to begin with. Have you heard this this little story about, I think, uh, T. Marshall Kelly? You guys know him, the singer, right? Sang that song, little boy built a boat, made it out of love, right? And then the story goes that he sets the boat to sail and the little boat gets lost, and then one day he's walking down the street, he looks in the toy store, the storefront, and what does he see? He sees his boat, and there's a price tag on it, and that's the boat that he built. Goes inside to the shop owner, he's like, yo, that's my boat. Shop owner's like, nah, dog, that's my boat. (laughs) So what does the little kid do? Buys back his own boat. He redeemed it. And then the chorus of the song goes, because you're mine, mine, two times you're mine. Once because I made you, once because I bought you. You're mine, mine, two times you're mine. Right? We have that in Christ Jesus. We've been redeemed back. That's another blessing. I'm here all night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Next, I will sing Dankeschene. All right, um, look, at, look at number nine. Here's another blessing, Shannon. And this is all in Ephesians 1. Making known to us the mystery of his will. If you read the book of Ephesians and you read the New Testament, there is this belief that the mystery of the will of God has not been shown to others the way it has been demonstrated to us in these last days. You know that? First Peter 1.11 talks about, Men of old wanted to inquire about the very things they were writing about that the Spirit of God led them to write. So they're writing the Old Testament, and they're like, man, I wonder what this really means. And you and I now have the privilege of knowing what it means through the revelation of Christ Jesus and the teaching of the Holy Spirit to actually understand the mystery of these things. And you know what the mystery is, one of the greatest mysteries? That you and I, who are Gentiles, Right? Unless you're part of the nation, you're like, no? Okay. We're Gentiles. We have been grafted in, and this was God's eternal plan. We were once strangers. We were once separated. We were once alien to the covenant of God. But through Christ Jesus, He has united us. How do I know this? Here's another blessing Ephesians 2. Go to verse 18. for through him we both have access, Gentiles and the nation of Israel, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. There's another blessing, we have access. Right? So you can read through this letter and you can find it littered every single piece of favor, right? Every single blessing, everything that we have um, in Jesus all right, look at verse, uh, go to Ephesians 3, still on page 560. Look at this, um, verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's strengthening. That's a blessing that we have on the other side of the cross. According to the revelation of the truth in Jesus that others did not have the privilege of having. You know, we forget this because we, man, you can get me started on a tangent on this. We don't understand how we live in the shadow of the light of the cross in Western civilization. Western civilization exists in this order as you look out because Jesus existed. The amount of insight that a lot of scholars have demonstrated to show that simply because the gospel was believed in Europe, the way it was believed, that there's the thread of the story of Jesus that actually is the underpinning of Western civilization, even as we make a mess of it. Like, I mean, I don't want to go too far on that, but it's crazy that everything that we have, even for non-believers, non-believers are living in the benefit of what Jesus brought. Like for instance, you know that Jesus is the one who absolutely demonstrates the love for enemy and the power of redemption, right? Go to the Middle East and tell me where stories of redemption and forgiveness are present in their system of society. It's not per- it doesn't permeate the same way, but in the United States and Western civilization, not the US, but Western civilization, we have this idea of forgiveness and mercy, so somebody might have another opportunity. Like we say in America, we love an underdog story, right? Beloved, that is present because it came across through the Enlightenment that was actually shaped and formed by gospel thinking in Europe because the gospel was received through the Roman Empire that dominated Europe. And we don't see how this thing just plays out and arches out, right? Yeah, we could talk about so many examples, but yeah, status of women. I mean, they're so right. Status of women. There's so much that we live in the shade of what Jesus has done, even in the midst of unbelief. So in him, we have so much. Like, I promise you, people out there are living in the blessing and favor of what Jesus revealed to the world. Because if Jesus does not reveal to the world what he has revealed, we don't have society like it is. We're still separated by ethnographies killing each other because we want the resources of land do we still do that to some extent yeah but not in the same way as before precisely because jesus anyway don't get me started on that like it's way bigger than just i do you know that do you you guys know that that uh that part in the bible where one of the disciples asks somebody to make jesus their lord and personal savior can you guys can you guys remind me that verse you know that verse where they're like, if you just receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You guys know that verse? No, you know why? It's not in there. The gospel's not about making Jesus our Lord and personal Savior. The gospel's the revelation that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> you come alive in that. Like, Jesus isn't out here like, if you just make me your personal Savior. No, he's like, I am Lord. You need to get down or lay down because I'm in charge. But the thing is, is that he's so worthy to be in charge, right? It's like the, isn't it Mr. Beaver when he's talking to um, Lucy? Is it Mr. Beaver in Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe? Is it Tumnus? Is it Tumnus? The one where he goes, uh, so is it Aslan? Is he? Is he? Is he safe? Right, is he safe? I think it's Lucy talking to Mr. Beaver, right? And Mr. Beaver's telling Lucy about Aslan is coming. You guys know, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe written by C.S. Lewis, which is an allegory of the story of redemption and salvation in Jesus. Aslan is the, the lion character that represents Jesus, right? And Lucy, who is talking to Mr. Beaver about Aslan they're in this conversation, and she goes, Aslan is coming, is, is he safe? What does Mr. Beavis say? He goes, Aslan, safe. My heavens, no. He's like, Aslan isn't safe? But he's good. Jesus isn't safe. He's good. So, yeah, he's in charge. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Uh, okay. So, yeah, does that answer? Is that all right, Shannon? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Most roundabout question asking. <laughs> yes, Richard?
4: I would actually want to pass the mic around. That's I'm so curious to that. know someone who's been attending the, the meetings or some new paradigm shift or a new lens that they're seeing or a, a revelation that they've received from hearing some of this stuff. So I want to turn the question to you.
0: Is anybody willing to share?
4: It would be, it would be a wonderful testimony.
3: So something that's been growing in me for a long time um, is forgiveness and the first time I heard love reality in February of twenty twenty uh some of the testimonies made me really upset because i like i couldn't tell why, but I was like they're just you just forgive people, you just give it away like what is that and it made me really upset and then I heard it again and heard it again, and then this summer I was Bible studying with Eddie and we were in Philippians, and it was like a verse about leaving behind what is in the past and just moving forward, and like like a ton of bricks like hit me in the face. I was like, I'm just supposed to let it go. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I've heard this, but it was an epiphany. And then same thing last Sabbath with Jonathan was talking about the prodigal son. There was like somebody recent in my life that um, I was kind of like, should I make a big deal about this? Should I like bring it up to this person it really hurt me and like I was listening to the story about the prodigal son and I was like I'm I'm just supposed to let it go I'm supposed to be the father and run out and just greet this person and so again and again like layer after layer for me has been revealed in forgiveness and I feel like sometimes this message like so many of you have had really transformative like lightning experiences where you just get it And God is suddenly present with you and you like recognize that and for me it's like grown layer by layer by layer Um, like my personality is not just to jump into something I am going to question you to death before I agree with anything Um, and so like I would just encourage you guys like if you have that hesitancy about it that's okay like God made us with different personalities and Um, just keep trusting him and keep walking in it and like layer by layer he'll ask you to let something else go and he'll replace it with something he doesn't leave you empty he leaves you full and that I think was what I was worried about at one time was just like well if I give away these things that I've been carrying there's nothing left of me and that's not true like God has been like hey like yeah you didn't need all that stuff but you're still so full so that's it. That's my story.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we, I, liked, uh, I heard somebody say Christianity doesn't call you to give up things that you love, right? Christianity just asks you to die to everything you weren't created for in the first place so that the truth of who you are can actually manifest. That was one of the things I really fear about giving myself fully over to the gospel because I still want to hold on to my old life. And I didn't see the newness of life as attractive until I actually saw the love of God. And then I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Is there another question, another area that we might want to
5: pursue? A couple of nights ago, uh, I love that part that uh, you were talking in regards to the, uh, the natural you, that uh, you look over in the mirror. And uh, it just resonated in, re- in regards to the simplicity of it, because of uh, we don't go about, you know, when we do something or we do the wrong to a brother or a sister or to anyone, to our loved ones, you know, the person you know that you love most, you know, my wife and my daughters, and and you don't feel good about it. You feel like, why did I do that? You you have that uh, that remorse of doing that wrong. And then when you're just playing it over in that regards, right, That is just so simple as that. It's like, because that's not the natural you.
0: That's not who you are. That is,
5: that's not who you are. You don't go out and just like we're saying, you know, talking over to Bernice in that regards, it's just like, you know, that's the reason even the people that, you know, I have been blessed that I had the opportunity of being in jail ministry and whatever stuff, you know, uh, these people will have a remorse. And, of course, at one point you're going to get caught and then you're going to end in jail or whatever stuff. But these people don't go out throughout 24 seven doing wrong because at some point they they retract and say like what did i did but it's an addiction and a life and a cycle that they live on that is hard to break out because it's something that is natural to them that is normal to them but our natural being is just to be good like you mentioned to be good in christ jesus because we had this tendency and had a conversation not long ago with someone that was telling me, he's like, you cannot call no one good but God. And I say, I am good in Christ, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And the guy kept on going back and forth to the point that I told him. He's like, okay, so you don't believe that no one else is good but God. Mm-hmm. That is. That's what the Bible said. So I told him, and I said, like, so which one of your daughters is not good? Yeah. Silence. Yeah. Because that good is God. That he sees us yeah. for who we are, his sons and daughters. Yeah. He doesn't see no bad in us. So I just love that part of a natural. It food. reminds me of,
0: um, you guys familiar with when Peter receives the revelation of all the unclean foods that comes down from heaven, right? What does God tell him? Like, that revelation happens three times to Peter, and the point is, don't call unclean what I've made clean, right? Don't call unclean what I've made clean. Don't call common what I've made holy. Don't do it, right? I think we need to take that to heart. We really need to take that to heart because we were something, but his word has washed us, right? We have been regenerated by the washing of his word. And I promise y'all, you're not still in the bathtub. Like, you are clean but we're clean in Christ, right? Precious blood has left me forgiven, right? Let's do something real quick. Let's go James, because this is worth talking about. So in the book of James, in in chapter 1, verse 20, Rich, you're going to read out for me. Verse 24, you're going to need the mic. Right? You have this idea of a mirror, yeah? And inside the mirror there is a reflection of someone, right?
4: It's verse 23, want me to read it? Yeah. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing.
0: Okay, so the analogy is that there's a man who's looking into a mirror, right? You with me? There's a man who's looking into a mirror. What is this mirror called in the analogy that James offers? He calls this the law of something. The law, right? of Liberty okay we're together so far so when this man looks and he looks into the perfect law of Liberty what ought he see he sees his natural face right we good so far okay so now he walks away right he walks away and then there is another scenario that James covers in James, uh, just subsequently. I think it starts in James 2.1. He
4: right. says, my brothers show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does he
0: say right there? He says, do not show
4: what? Partiality. Do not commit the sin of
0: partiality. James gives us, the reason he's saying that is because he gives us an illustration. He says, okay, imagine now that there is a, man right and this man he's maybe the leader of a house church or something right he's the leader right and then a rich man comes sorry a poor man comes and he puts that poor man in a good seat alright so the leader puts the poor man in a good seat yeah but then a rich man comes And the leader removes the poor man and gives it to the rich man. So he puts the rich man in that position. We together? In doing so, James is saying that this gentleman is guilty of the sin of partiality. In showing partiality, something happens. Verse 2, Richard, I think.
4: For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and you say, sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you, stand over there or sit down on my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts?
0: Right there. So you've made a distinction amongst yourselves and you've become a judge with evil thoughts. So you made a distinction amongst yourselves and you made a judge with evil thoughts. Real question, do you know where the beginning of evil is? I'll tell you, this is an awesome revelation. The beginning of evil is this, when you keep a little back for yourself. A little back for yourself. Evil begins when you withholding something back for yourself. That's the beginning of evil. The beginning of evil is just a little bit for myself, right? And the reason it's a little bit for myself is because the lie of scarcity that you don't have. I'll show it to you, Ananias and Sapphira. They were invited into a community that had abundance, but they kept a little back for themselves just in case. And in keeping a little bit back for themselves just in case, they tested the Holy Spirit and bet against the Holy Spirit. Right? So evil, is, it, evil begins in this place where I, just a little bit for me. So in an interaction where I'm, having, I'm going back and forth with Richard and I need to get that one little jab in to make me feel a little good, that's the beginning of evil. Just a little bit for me. Right. When I'm going to generously give to somebody and the Lord tells me, yo, give this person hundred dollars and I give them 92 because I want to get that eight dollar meal and I don't want to spend another eight dollar. But I want to justify myself in actually giving the money that the Lord called me to give. But since I was on the way, I justify it because like, oh, it's just, you know, the tax of me actually going to give the person money. I'm just going to feed myself. No, we justify evil just a little for me. You understand what I'm saying? so when this leader makes this distinction what is he believing he's believing that this rich man in some way has something to offer him that he doesn't have if in our meetings i love reality all of a sudden you guys are all here and i know that a billionaire walks through the door and all of a sudden i shift everything i'm saying to make sure that the billionaire is okay i'm living at your expense believing i don't have because there's something he does that hopefully i can get does that make sense because all of a sudden I'm going to shortchange the thing or curtail it because this dude's got a billion dollars, he might be able to write that check for love, reality. So all of a sudden I'm showing the sin of partiality, and doing so I'm keeping something back for myself at your expense because it's just a little bit for me. This is exactly what this leader's doing. He's keeping something back, just a little bit for him, by making this distinction. So he's become somebody with an evil judgment. Dragon, does this make sense? This is so important to get. Watch, keep reading. Watch what James says.
4: Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are you not the rich, the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme in the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as right yourself. Right there
0: what what law did he just invoke what law did he just invoke royal law royal law all right so he invokes the royal law and what is the sum total of the royal law 10 commandments no, no no before he goes the royal law and then he says what it is so the royal law is to what love your neighbor yeah the royal law is to love your neighbor now this is so good james is misunderstood as a legalist because we don't understand freedom right The royal laws love your neighbor now keep going
4: but if you show partiality you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as a tra- as transgressors for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it for he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder boom you hear it so
0: what does james call the royal law he says the royal law is to love your neighbor but if you commit the sin of partiality what are you demonstrating If you commit the sin of partiality you are demonstrating that your behavior is under the law and it ought to be judged and what law does james say is the royal law that is fulfilled in loving your neighbor and now he begins to quote it
4: ten what, the, commandments.
0: the ten commandments do you see it what what did he just quote and links it to the royal law
4: is it don't? He don't. For he said, do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Are
0: y'all tracking with me? So when he talks about the royal law that's fulfilled in loving your neighbor, when he quotes it in its specificity, what is he talking about? Ten Commandments. So if even when you show partiality in this way, what are you judged by? You're judged by the law as a transgressor because you're actually participating in the evil that this law is meant to illuminate. Y'all follow that? When you show that partiality, you're participating in a less than love that this law is meant to illuminate. The function of the law is to illuminate sin, right? So if you're showing the sin of partiality, James is saying you're judged under this royal law. Are y'all tracking with me still? Keep reading.
4: So speak and so act as those who are judged under the law of liberty. Stop. So what's
0: James' instruction? To speak and so act as those who are what? Free. (laughs) Are judged by the law of liberty. Do you see it? He's saying if you show the sin of partiality, you're violating the royal law the royal law says love your neighbor and that love your neighbor royal law is what's shown in the ten commandments if you're participating in partiality you're breaking the law the spirit of the law and you're showing yourself to still be under this don't do that james is saying live and act as those who are judged under what law here's the question are these two laws the same Is the law of liberty the royal law? Can the royal law free you? Can the royal law give you life? Can the royal law reflect back to you your natural face? So then what is the law of liberty? Go to Romans 8. you see it. It's super clear. Romans 8.1 Now therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life, life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So then what is the law of liberty? It is the law of the spirit of life. Spirit of life. And when you have been given the spirit of life, where is your life hid? In Christ with God. When you are given the spirit of life, guess what image you reflect back to yourself? What image do you reflect back to yourself? Come on, I'll show it to you in scripture. I'll go to Colossians 3. We, I, it, is not a, it is not a pain for me to do this over and over again. It's, very, it's a joy, because we need to get this. What does Colossians 3.10 say? what does Colossians three ten say rich
4: and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator what are you being renewed
0: in the image after your so then when you look in the mirror who do you look like your dad this mirror the law of liberty has set you free from the law of sin and death it's set you free from behaving like this what is james telling us james is saying when you come into freedom and you see yourself for who you are why would you ever do this and show partiality if you're showing partiality that just shows that you're not really sitting in the abundance of what you have you're building up what has been torn down in your favor so, do not live lives that could be judged and condemned under the law. Live lives that are fitting with the law of liberty that calls you free and calls you son and daughter don't like James has been very, very sharp here don 't do this. Live like this because if you do this you 're like someone who looks into the mirror, sees themselves for who they truly are walks away and forgets, and starts practicing the sin of partiality. How could you? Don't do it. And you know why you don't do it? Because when you look in the mirror, guess who you look like? This is what's so dope about this, is that too often the way we've preached this has been that when you walk away, like you do all the things, you're only doing the things that you know, you're still dirty with. So if you're doing all the things you're still dirty with, guess what you are? No better than the dirt. But James is flipping that on its head. He says, don't act like this because that's not really who and what you are. Don't look in the mirror, see yourself, walk away, do the sin of partiality. You're like somebody who's seen his face in the mirror, walks away and forgets who he is. Do you know that the truest version of you is the version that's redeemed, restored, and made right? When we participate in sins of our former ignorance, that's a temporary insanity. When we participate in sin and stupidity, that's a temporary insanity. It's as though we are drunk and have forgotten sight of who we are. Peter talks about this. That's why he says, Be sober minded and keep your eyes set on the glory that will be revealed so be ye holy as he is holy because you are holy the second peter like when we part like this is the thing we cannot naturalize our behavior apart from jesus as though that's who and what we are no that's when you're participating in the lie that is less than your destiny and legacy yeah I I promise you. I promise you this is the truth about our lives. Is this helpful? Uh Second Peter. This guy, I want you to see it. Promise you, I read this all in here. Like I opened the book and it was there. Like, well, I'll be. Oh, well, maybe it's first Peter too. Oh my goodness! Read First Peter two, just that chapter. is the whole thing. Can I read? Can I just read this out loud? Just real quick. We'll finish up here in just a few minutes by three o'clock. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. What are we being taught here? Put away the deeds of the flesh. Put it. Put it all away. Why? Like newborn infants. You put it away because you're brand new. Like inborn newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. You grow into salvation, right? You're growing in it because you're already established. If indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves. Like living stones, what kind of stones? You yourself, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You're not dead stones anymore. You're living stones being built up to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, right? Let's look at verse nine. Look at Hmm. verse nine. But you, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. Isn't that good? You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You see where we get all this idea of what we already are in him? It's in there. What's so sad about it, it's been in there the whole time. The whole time, Jeremy, the whole time. It took me 35 years and $100,000 in student loan debt and halfway through a Ph.D. Very expensive, right? Right. You You know, it's even more ironic, Jim. Do you know who taught me the Bible, who taught me the gospel? A man with a GED. Right. A man with a GED taught me the gospel. GED. So don't you ever let it be said that, oh, you need to have titles on you. No, you don't. Sometimes that PhD is just piled higher and deeper. Right? Like this stuff is accessible to all of us. You have the mind of Christ. The simplicity of the freedom that is ours is right there. It's only the, the, the prideful that want to analyze themselves out of these things. It's the prideful that want to analyze themselves. Oh, well, it could be this, it could be that. You know the question I always have for people when they give me the it could be this, it could be that. Well, you know, the Bible has so many interpretations. I always ask, is Jesus alive? He's alive, right? Where did we get that from? Oh, so we can make definitive statements about some things, can't we? Here's some definitive statements we can make. You're redeemed, bought with a price, precious, clean, righteous, in Christ free from sin. I bet you it's in the book and you ain't going to change my mind because every time I open it, it's there. All I needed was a third grade education so I can actually read some English and it's there. Right? 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Look at this. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. We're too often having our minds do a catalog of whether or not we sin that day, and oh God, please help me. No, prepare your minds for action so that you can live this life active, right? I mean, think about the the, uh, the armor of God, yeah? Why do you put on armor? To protect life that's on the inside. Why do you put on armor? To protect the life that's on the inside. Helmet of salvation, you've been established in truth. Breastplate of righteousness, because the heart is brand new, so we're protecting it with righteousness. The heart is new, so you protect it, protect it with righteousness. The, the, the belt of truth, because that's what holds us together. Truth, right? And what do we have? The shield of what? Faith. To do what with the shield of faith? Have you ever noticed what you do with the shield of faith? To distinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. Have you noticed where the fiery darts of the enemy come from? From the outside, not the inside. Because the inside's establishing righteousness, that's why you got the whole shield on, that's why you have the armor on to protect the life within. Use the shield of faith to dispel the lies that come from the outside, trying to tell you that they're really on the inside. And then the sword of truth, I mean the, the word, the, the sword of uh, the sword of the spirit, because the spirit cuts through all that nonsense. And reveals it for what it is has anybody come into freedom and seen an old pattern by which you used to live and now see it for the deceitfulness that it truly is and you see it because it's the word of god that has revealed it to you that's the sword of the spirit revealing You're Like, oh man i see it right i mean it's simple it's simple why do you put on why do you put on uh the, the armor of god to protect the life that's on the inside 1 Peter 1, 13, therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded. Set your hope, where? Fully, fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And watch this, 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. This is where we get this from, it's right there. You are not the passions of your former ignorance, so don't be conformed to them. But he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct. Why? Because you are holy. Because he has made you holy. A little leaven leavens the lump. But he has made you a brand new lump in Christ Jesus. Since it is written, You will be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. What does that mean? It means that my life produces, my life produces the life that it's drawing from. You ever seen an orange tree bear apples? Right? So you've never seen a righteous person not produce the deeds keeping with righteousness. But first you make the tree good. Let me see. that real quick. First, you make the tree good. Do not become fruit inspectors. Yeah. You don't expect, inspect your fruit in order to, de- like, oh, well, am I doing it right? No, no. You make the tree good. You become a righteous tree, and then the fruit comes out. But that fruit is the demonstration. It's, it's, the, it's the proof positive that the source that you're drawing from is Him. We live lives according to this righteousness that is ours. Every once in a while, we do-do-do-do-do. You ever seen an orange tree that sometimes, it's an orange, But what it produces is a little like rotten, right? Does that nullify that it's an orange tree? Hello. That's why that gets pruned. But it gets pruned to keeping the what it is. Like you prune things to have more of what it is come out. You don't prune things in order to change it to be something else. Are you tracking with me? You only prune that which actually has life already within it so that more can come out rich was teaching me this week great line only the loved can actually receive the pruning like he prunes those he loves and it's only in knowing your love that you can receive the pruning because if you don't know you're loved and pruning happens all of a sudden you think he's coming for your life but when you know you're loved, and He does pruning, then you know He's fathering you to manifest more of the truth that He sees in you. That makes sense. Verse eighteen: Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways you inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Verse 22, having purified your souls by obedience to truth for sincerely love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. I, it's all, I, I could read the New Testament all over the New Testament, this truth. Anyway, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> good? You good? Yeah, yeah. Hey man, we good? Gospel good? Are we can be established in this? All right. Let's encourage one another as we see the day approaching that we're actually made new. And because we're new, we can manifest the newness of heart. You know, people talk about, um, you know, my heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it above all things? Yeah, so get a new heart. Right? If your heart is wicked and deceitful above all things and it can't be trusted, get a new heart. You want to know some good news? In Christ by faith? you have a new heart because the righteousness that the law wanted for you is what he's writing on your new heart of flesh it used to be a heart of stone but in Christ by faith you have a new heart I got a hard time when people want to use Old Testament verbiage and still hold on to a life before Christ oh, the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things yeah apart from a new heart oh well you know I can't trust my mind you have the mind of christ like the bible literally says that that's why we can put the old away because the mind of christ is instructing us according to what is ours my beloved let's not be double-minded anymore (laughs) let's just not you know what james tells us about being double-minded right man you like a person on a he's getting tossed right ocean i live in hawaii man i've been tossed by some waves because I was too arrogant. I'm like, I'm a good swimmer. I got this. <laughs> oh, God, no! <laughs> That's what double-mindedness is. That arrogance. Like, oh, I got it. Ah! Right? Don't be arrogant right, about our standing. But test yourself to see if you're in the faith. In Christ, you are. Right? And so many, so many more things I want to say to y'all. But Can I say one last thing? I promise, I promise this is the last one. You know that Paul says in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4, he says, I don't even judge myself. He's like, what you think about me is I, I do a very little on what you think about me. I test myself to see I'm in the faith because what he thinks about me and his commendation is what matters. Think about that. Paul doesn't even think about himself that way. He's like, I don't he's like he's like, does that make me guiltless? He's like, no, it doesn't make me guiltless, but I leave the judging to him. Think about that, y'all. How often do we judge ourselves as less than? In judging ourselves as less than, we're practicing sorcery because we're taking a supernatural prerogative of judgment and yielding it and wielding it as our own. Say this again. When we judge ourselves apart from the revelation of God, we are practicing sorcery because we're taking a divine prerogative, judgment, and wielding it ourselves. God is judged, not you. But when you judge yourself according to yourself, it's practicing sorcery because you're using divine prerogative outside of the divine right. Don't do that. Judge yourself according to his revelation. He is king. He is Lord. And as you see yourself grow in him, he'll continue to establish you according to the truth of who you are. Will there be moments of tension and strain? Yeah, there might be. But that's why we have one another to encourage one another as we see the day approaching. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name, Father God, thank you for these people. They are your sons and daughters. And I pray that they might grow in a revelation of your love because they're alive in the spirit, because they've been filled in you. We believe it and we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.